in part two of the Satanic Panic series, we learned what effect fear and superstition had on not only heavy metal, but the entire music genre. And we're live. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Ty Lindsay. And I'm Joseph Shannon. We are two musicians that dive into the world of music. Their myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. Uh, if you like, if you know, thank you for uh, checking out our show. If you're a new listener, if you're a, uh, you know, if you're coming back to the show. Thank you for coming back for part two. Thank you for coming back for part two, especially. We weren't expecting this to be a two-parter, but there's just so much information on it um you can find the first episode as well as the rest of our back catalog on spotify apple podcast podbean uh app you know uh, good pods um iHeartRadio, pandora like we're on all the oh, major yeah. all the major like you pick it and it's a legit uh streaming platform we're on it except for youtube but we're working on that Find us wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcast and especially Spotify and Apple, they have rating systems and those rating systems really, really help us out. If you give us five stars and interact with us because like YouTube, it's, there's an algorithm that comes into play. And of course, the more interaction you get, the, the further your show goes. Uh, and there's other things we really want to do uh, that would be a result of those good doing well. Uh, not to mention, we do really, really make an effort to uh, interact with a lot of people. And we love to hear your uh, your contributions to the show, your feedback, you know, you know things you like, things you didn't like. Because we, we take those very much into account and uh, we really do listen to those. And, you know, bring, it only makes the show better, you know, hearing it from you, the, the listener. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you can come chat with us over at Twitter at PhantomJukebox underscore. Facebook at Phantom Jukebox and Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. We post a lot of funny stuff, a lot of little teasers to get you over to to hold you over to the next episode airs. Um, also, we're on TikTok, which is uh, at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. For, yes, for some more of those uh, tidbits. Uh, Dakota's been making these really awesome. Uh, are, are actually are newly dubbed. She's been doing this show forever, but we finally came up with a good title for the social media sorceress. Yes. Or sorceress of social media. Um, uh, she handled, you know, she's been uh, making these like, have you, you know, did you know type videos? And it'll be on either past episodes or it'll be about the episode that just came out. And it'll be like a teaser or so the episode that's coming out. And it'll be this kind of teaser about some extra information we couldn't fit into the show. Uh, kind of put some things in the more context if you'd yeah. like and then um she puts a lot of time into like the the graphics and stuff but those are also on tiktok and instagram and uh something we're trying out now is our our, our shout out section um we also have the spotify jukebox jams playlist uh they include the episode another uh, brainchild of dakota's they include uh a, they're a custom playlist on spotify curated by 
everyone here, uh, the three of us. Um, it includes the episode in uh, music we talked about expressly or if it's the theme of the project. Uh, right now we have, I believe, we should have four at this point, but the three I know of are Ozzy Osbourne, Kate Bush, and Elvis are the uh, three that are out live. Mm. Um, also, uh, some podcasts I'd like to talk about real quick is uh, Fuck My Work Life is a podcast where J&K share your interest, your entertaining stories from the workplace. You know, you send in stories and they talk about them. Uh, we were up to them in the last episode, but because this is a two-parter, like, let's just get it. Let's just get them out there again. Oh, yeah. Um, I also want to talk about Reddit on Wiki, which is they chat about life and uh, research a topic from Wikipedia each week. And on Fridays, they scroll Reddit in a quest for the biggest assholes on the platform. Their Twitter handle is at Reddit on Wiki. So also we talked about what I had heard was super funny people. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were on their show and um, we couldn't have had a better time if we tried. And last but not least, if you if you kind of like this, uh, this setting we're in right now, you should check out our first episode of the B-Sides. Yes. Something so. we're trying out on the Patreons. Just a little added, added extra content if you weren't satisfied enough with the full episode on Spotify or Pandora, wherever you get your podcast. You can event soon. You'll be able to check us out on uh, Patreon as well. Yeah, see, it's we're working on that. There's a lot of there's a lot of things you got to put together for that. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. We make sure they are uh, greased accordingly. <laughs> So in the last episode, uh, we learned kind of like where Satanism, uh, kind of like what Satanism was in like the old and olden days yeah. before the 1900s. You know, it was just kind of like these, it's kind of like scattered kind of thing. It came an organized religion, um, was kind of like, was a big part of, um, or it was, let's just say an option of like the spiritualism that was growing in the sixties and early seventies or throughout the seventies. And then we get to the eighties where uh, you have heavier music coming out and then, uh, you know, people kind of exploring these occult ideas. And then, you know, there's uh, this book called Michelle remembers and all of these things kind of like uh, tumble into, uh, you know, the, the character from stranger things uh, uh, season four, Eddie months and kind of like being the subject of, a witch hunt. The, the town going after him is kind of a uh, intentional or not kind of like this reference to uh, satanic panic, which actually inspired this, these, these two episodes. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a bunch of really boring people with really high superstitions and uh, really, I, I would say aggressive morals yeah. um, going after people that were just inter interested in off the wall kind of stuff. Like, D and D or um, wizards and yeah, like, I never, I never really understood why like Chronicles of Narnia was okay. And Lord of the Rings generally like was, wasn't like people would go. The lion was Jesus. <laughs> I guess that's the message that they're trying to pull off. Well, I mean, yeah, he, he literally was. Um, that's at least how it was in my, in my house, like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Um, off no a Yu-Gi-Oh no because it dealt with sorcery oh yeah but uh 
Chronicles of Narnia. It's a okay. <laughs> but both C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, uh, Tolkien, sorry, uh, were like at least Tolkien was like a Catholic, like he mm. was heavy Catholic. Um, and there's a lot of like it doesn't permeate. Um, it, well, hi, ghost. Uh, well, so like his like his beliefs didn't like get too far into Lord of the Rings as much as C.S. Lewis's did because yeah. C.S. Lewis is like mirroring, uh jesus and stuff like that and then like tolkien's kind of use like the backbone of it because he was creating like this like mythos yeah i i don't understand the connection between i I have heard that a lot like wizarding uh, magic and stuff like that just being tied to satanism it's like oh yeah stop waving that stick around like it's a wand you're gonna you're gonna conjure up a demon you know where de- you know where witches get their powers, right? Devil. <laughs> Literally, the uh, uh, Bobby Boucher's mom from uh, from the Water Boy. I Ben Franklin didn't invent electricity. I did. Ben Franklin's the devil. Like that was it was kind of kind of it for a couple of years. Luckily, yeah. things got a lot more chill later on. Yeah. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite movie series. I haven't made it all the way through the book shit, but I have made it through The Hobbit, which is a fun book. Um, don't like The Hobbit. Bad. Eh. Hobbit movies are terrible, but Lord of the Rings movies are timeless classics. But um, I think with like D&D especially, like you just got like wizards and sorcery and stuff. And I think if just somehow it came out uh, years before or maybe like, I guess now ish, it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's just the timing to like, it's at the height eighties are like the height of uh satanic panic. Like it kind of like trails off in the nineties a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just at a, like, like with heavy metal music, it's, it's, it's a board game. And it, it's a lot of like, not helpful coincidences that, like the the t-shirt and the hat the, the fucking merch from acdc i mean just once can a uh crazy satanist wear like a uh garth brooks t-shirt i mean reba mcintyre i mean just once yeah it's really putting a bad name on all of us metalheads the reba rippers out there in the streets <laughs> i just want to hear one country song about worshiping the devil. The Tom Jones massacre. <laughs> Tom Jones town. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, it's not uh, unusual to be stabbed by everyone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Robert Johnson did a little, uh, uh, little, little devil blues, but he did, but he, he um, he, I, I'm pretty sure he would have leaned into that. Cause he's definitely, Oh yeah. It it definitely sounded like he did not mind the uh, the legend that surrounded him. Oh yeah, the, there's one song, "Me and the Devil." Yeah, just like hand in hand walking down yeah. the street, basically. Do I did I did so in this episode, part two, uh, we are going to learn about how all this superstition came to a head, like you know, with, with post murders and stuff like that. Um, you know, the books come out, the mur- the murders have, have unfortunately happened. Um, and, 
this is how all that affected the music industry afterwards. Mm. So there is a, there's a lot like, um, and it's just all caught up into it. Like basically, um, because there was things that were perceived to be like, you know, Satanism was just accessible and it promoted, you know, sex and violence and drugs and, uh, counterculture and stuff like that because it, it was tied to that. This group of really, really boring people, excuse me, came together. And basically this is where the, all the, this is where censorship in music happens mm. as a result of, you know, this is the, of the, the waves after satanic panic, basically. Well, it's still going on, but you know what I mean? Like the ripples afterwards yeah. is the effect. Like it's, it's that, uh, uh, now like the government's involved in what uh, artists can say. And it is how it happens is the Karenist thing. Mm. It hurts. It's so fucking Kareny because you um, we'll just get started. So this is how, how satanic, uh, satanic, satanic, uh, satanic panic. I want to keep, I want to say that almost like Tim Curry the whole time. <laughs> just in a normal sentence. <laughs> This is how satanic panic affected the music <laughs> industry. <laughs> how do you do? Why? Well, Tim Curry. So, um, yeah. So basically what, uh, what happens is, is, uh, there's, you know, you know, like the, uh, restricted explicit content stickers on music. Yeah. The yeah. little thing in the bottom right hand corner. This is where it comes from. Oh, this is the invention of that. And they have, you know, it, that bullshit thing. So how, how did we, you know, we explained with the events that led up to this, but how do we get to now the government needs to get involved with telling you uh, what's okay to put out there and what, what, you know, not necessarily restrict it's restricting things, but more accurately labeling things. So like, you know, this is the government getting involved with what's okay and not okay to be considered explicit. And, you know, you know, dipping their hands into, um, you know, what artists can and cannot say. So who, who begins this? Well, uh, Senator Al Gore's former wife, Tipper Gore. Oh, is anybody, if you're, uh, you know, the Al Gore, you know, the, the weather guy. Yeah. And then uh, the man who's on a constant hunt for man, bear pig in South park. Excelsior. <laughs> um, Senator Al Gore's wife at the time they're separated. I'm sure they're officially divorced. Who cares? But at the time they were married, Tipper Gore was, uh, uh, she was just kind of like an, you know, she was like a social advocate and stuff. And I, I don't really know other than being Al Gore's wife, really what she did in Washington. Yeah. One uh, of the top 10 most attractive names for sure. Tipper. <laughs> Tipper Gore. Uh, Tipper Gore, uh, you know, she, it almost sounds like sweet, sweet, sweet Tappy. <laughs> they belong together. <laughs> One syllable part. Sweet, sweet Tipper. <laughs> um, basically this literally all starts when she buys her daughter, a Prince album and her daughter was around the house singing the lyrics. And I believe the lyrics alluded to masturbation. Oh, um, Tipper Gore got so Karen-y, she literally made a federal case out of it. 
she was so oh, mad at the lyrics and like her daughter singing the lyrics like oh my sweet child um that's talking about marching the penguin uh literally made a federal case out of this and you're wondering how okay if it was any uh, we're talking about like you know chances and um yeah uh the 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 odds of this happening so it's like metal music and satanism getting big at the same time and then suddenly they're they're lumped together um the odds that a you know senator a senator's wife you know is in the right place at the right time to hear something she doesn't like and decides you know what i need to be involved in what's deciding what's good and not good and then is able to make a federal case out of it. Wow. I mean, that's God. insane. That's in, yeah. Cause it could have been any other Karen and it would have been like, nobody, you know, who, who gives a shit. Like you complain about not enough pumps of whatever in your Starbucks. Yeah. You know, no one gives a shit what you think. You complain <laughs> about everything. The manager knows you by name. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I'm going to be using Karen a lot. I'm sorry for the cool Karens out there, but it's, it's just, it's what that means. And this is literally that it's, it's so painfully that this whole story. That has got to be like the least amount of babies named name. Oh, like the, the past, past five yeah. years have killed that name. Yeah. No one is naming their child Karen. Like the, the amount of like Richard's, yeah. You know, nobody wants to be named Dick. Because that was a perfectly fine name for a long time. And then everybody else happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, now we, you know, she gets so mad. You know, she creates a federal case out of it. And um, she creates what I'm just calling a hit list. That's practically what it is of the filthy 15. It's fifth. Oh my! It's basically fifteen tracks that you know, fifteen songs by different artists at the time that were the top grossest. You know, like these are a threat to your kids' morality. Oh no! Um, I don't know any of them. Oh, I have the off list. the top of my don't. head. Uh, do we want to take a crack at me guessing some of these? Um. So as promised in the first episode, you're going to get a chance to guess. You're actually going to get a number of chances to guess your patience. Okay. It's going to be rewarded. Okay. Because um, in the last episode, you keep ruining all my fucking punchline <laughs> jokes. If you figured out where I was going with the Satanist joke and the psychiatrist, you bastard. I love you for it. Goddamn giant brain. Um, so basically, there's the filthy 15. Here's listening to us. All right. And you know, so that's the second time that the uh, has uh, gone off uh, or the Alexa, whatever it is, um, has gone off when we have been saying the word Satan or Satanism. Oh, that's uh, odd. I want to go bury it outside. Yeah. Like in, in the fields of a church. <laughs> Just make sure it doesn't come yeah. back to haunt me. Uh, Netflix. I'm saying too many trigger words. Yeah, uh, Netflix, uh, my series about a killer, um, you know, house, 
bot, whatever you call those things. Uh, I want my, I want my check in the mail. You need, you need content. So go ahead and go ahead and get that rolling. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll sort the details out later. <laughs> uh, so the filthy 15 is a list that she makes and it's just a, it's a, a list of the worst of the worst. And, uh, through her involvement, she is one of the key players in the Parents Music Resource Center, or the PMRC. PMRC is going to come up a lot. So that's the or that's this group that she's formed, and okay. it's American committee formed in 1985 with the goal of increasing parental control over the access of children to music deemed to have violent, drug-related, or sexual themes via labeling albums with parental advisory stickers nice so all i heard was lame 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 yeah. orange yeah lame lame yeah. lame karen lame i want to talk to the manager personified toast persona yeah. hey bread is boring but toast it's almost a meal <laughs> i mean with, eggs with patty melt on it eggs patty melt it's got it a blank piece of toast is just potential. It's candy. Don't you dare compare that to Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. A good patty melt. You mix some butter and some garlic. That's some Texas toast patty melt. <laughs> You're welcome out there. Needed a recipe. Um. So it's, it's you know the American community puts basically put you know lame stickers on good music. And the committee was founded by four women known as the Washington Wives. First guess of the night. Why do you think they were called the Washington Wives? Um, none of them actually did anything of importance. Ouch. Their husbands did. Warmer. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually, you're nailing on something we're going to talk about a little bit. Further, but they're married to politics. Boom. Yeah, exactly. They're basically, they are the wives of like senators and stuff. Nice. Or, you know, and it's a reference to their husband's connections with the government in the Washington DC area. Tipper Gore is the wife of Senator and uh, later vice president Al Gore. Susan Baker was the wife of treasury secretary, James Baker. Pam Hauer is the wife of Washington realtor, Raymond Hauer. And Sally Nevius is the wife of former Washington City Council Chairman John Nevius. So, yeah, yep, they were able to they were able to force a Senate hearing in the efforts to establish a rating system for the music again to uh, uh, also to like um, for music and like movies. Well, specifically movies, but. Um, Basically, the notes I have is they carried their husbands into making the lamest Senate rulings happen. They literally called the manager. Wow. So they are. So what gets brought up later on um, by some of our prominent musicians we're going to talk about is that. Though they're the ones who requested this hearing, they're not the ones in the power of the hearing. The people, their husbands are. Okay. So they are, they're there. Basically they're like, you know, we need to do something about this, but you need to get in that chair and you need to, you know, just, just nag, nag, nag until their husbands do something about it. Cause I'm sure they could give two shits before they brought this up. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, their husbands are the ones, you know, you know, the, that are running the Senate, but the wives are like behind them, basically piloting them from the backseat. If that makes sense. So, um, what I have now, so we're going to get into more of the court case and the, the players involved. Um, not that I'm going to expecting you to guess, um, all 15 of the filthy 15, but throw me some names. We, we, there's one that's, we already know Prince we talked about earlier. Yeah. Prince for the song, uh, darling Nikki. And, uh, the lyrical content contains, uh, sex and masturbation. Okay. Okay. You have 14 other ones. Who's on that list? Are they, I don't know if they're hitting as hard as like going to all the way to like Black Sabbath. Is that your guess? Little Black Sabbath, little Judas Priest action. That's two. They they are on on the list. There's two. That's two on the list. Black Sabbath trashed for drug and alcohol, uh, uh, drug and alcohol use. And then Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive uh, for Sex and Violence. Um, Any I'm other guesses? I'm trying to remember. Uh, what year was this around? 85. 85. The I songs don't necessarily have to be from 85. Yeah, they could have been earlier, but I'm also thinking of like yeah. what. It wouldn't be after 85. The ones right. that didn't come, that came out after that. Um, so I'm like, Really? Trash, that's the song from Black Sabbath that you're up and roar against. But I don't know. Not, if, not well, it depends on when NIB came out. Yeah. But now there's no Sweet Leaf. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 there's, there's no way that they're getting into like the, the good stuff of, of Black Sabbath. They're probably hearing from notice of a lot of these songs is that they're from um, the radio. Oh. Like, uh, I think. Okay. With, I think what's happening is there's these songs are playing on the radio and that's what they're listening to. Cause come on, if you see these people, it's like the, the, the big curly hair. Like have you ever seen the Stetson wives No. Um, or like uh, the Jetsons, I think. Okay. With like uh Mrs. Jetson. I think she had a big, like poofy hair that was like curled and stuff. Yeah. It's the way over, they look like they crawled out of the fifties and put on slightly more modern clothes, but they still have the same morals. Like they, they're not lit. Like I would love to listen, to watch these people listen to these songs. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's not, they're not like getting Judas priest catalog, uh, up to 1985 and listening to the whole catalog and then just taking notes. Cause if they did, this would be a lot longer of a list. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, ACDC whole album. <laughs> it's just, the whole album, but they, they, they are not going to sit there and listen to all of Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood Hell no. because a lot of them would probably become fans. This is a fucking great album. I'm assuming, yeah, ACDC's on there. A, yeah, I gave you uh, yeah, ACDC. Iron Maiden. Um, uh, no, no, no. Really? Yeah. Uh, Metallica? Metallica's 86, really? There's, so there's okay. Kill Em All, but yeah. they probably didn't make it to Metallica yet. So, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, this is more like the name good 80s bands list. Not all of them. Oh, okay. Uh, is Poison on? 
<laughs> no, but they should be. I think they might be a late. I think they were later 80s, weren't they? Yeah. Um, there's one yeah. song. There's one song I did not know um, that it was. Uh, oh, I think this is a. There's one song on here that I did not know. Oh, it's on the it's on the bomb. Uh, was on here. So just just going through the one the remaining ones. Uh, we've got Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls. Oh, just about sex. Uh, so the band Vanity, which is Strap On Robbie Baby, which is about sex. Motley Crue's Bastard, which is which is about uh, violence and language. I forgot Motley Crue was. Molly Crew, like yeah. the old Molly Crew is pretty good. ACDC, let me put my love into you. <laughs> I wonder what that's wow. about. Wow. They're really. You know what? I'm not even going to tell you what that <laughs> one's about. I'm going to let you figure that out, <laughs> listeners at home. Um, Probably the the most um, obvious of the. Well, no, that's pretty straightforward. No, the next band. Oh. So I don't. I mean, this band's kind of lame to me, but like what they do later on is pretty big. But uh, the song making this list is so it's so fucking. Uh, what's the word? Uh, soft. Like it's so yeah. I mean, compared to fucking Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and even Motley Crue with Bastard, like Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. Come on, oh, really? That's on Kids Bop. You know what I mean? That came out. I think that's on Kids Bop, one of the 38 volumes that there are. Wow. And it's for violence, which is, uh, it's listed for violence, but I believe they wound up uh, saying that was misinterpreted because it's mainly about like, we're not going to take the disrespect anymore. You know, that's more or less what that song's about, but it's, it's so fucking cheese. I mean, literally they could use it as a theme song for censoring music. I mean, like, literally, like, yeah, we're not going to take it can be used for, like, you not taking anything, like, yeah. any stance, any We're not going to take it is basically, like, when a politician thinks they're being edgy and they play that as, like, their fucking walk-up music or some shit like that. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. This is used in, like, fucking, it's, it's yeah, we're not going to take it so edgy. It's in fucking parodies of it or in Toyota commercials. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, Richard Henry Hyundai, Richard Henry Hyundai. You know, it's yeah. It, it, that's it's a fucking made up one, whatever. But um, you know what I mean? It's it's so soft. Uh, Madonna's dress you up about surprise. Uh, wow, it's about sex. Oh, it's about you know. It's I I thought it would be about um exploring you know life and like an existential crisis basically it's about sex um wasp <laughs> i didn't realize these ladies were detectives that's some mighty deducing they had to do <laughs> so wasp you, you know there, there's there's a li- <laughs> <laughs> there's so, so 14 four, 13 songs out of this list and i read it initially i was like come on really and then there's one song on this list i'm like you know i can't really argue with karen (laughs) and that's wasp animal parentheses fuck like a beast (laughs) 
<laughs> which is for sex, language, and violence. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, you know what, you know what that, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go through with a fine tooth comb, I guess. I suppose you'd find it. Uh, Def Leppard's High and Dry Saturday Night, which is drug and alcohol use. Merciful Fate into the Coven. Oh, which gets the which is the former band of the guy who's in King Diamond, or is it the other way around? Oh. I think King Diamond may have been first. I don't know. Is he, I know he's got a really, really high voice, and yeah. he is definitely a Satanist. And he's singing about the uh, the occult, um, Black Sabbath trash, drug and alcohol, Mary Jane Girls in My House, which is sex, Venom, uh, the song Possessed, which is about the occult. And one that really threw me for a loop because I didn't know what it was about because I never really listened to the lyrics. Cindy Lauffer's She Bop. Huh. What do you think it's about? It's on this list for one reason. It's not about a girl who just really loves to dance. Um, let's I, we we can say she really likes to dance with herself. And like a footloose type of way? Like no. a, like a Kevin Bacon in the warehouse type of way? No. I didn't realize this song's about masturbating. Oh. Huh. But apparently it is. And I, I was reading, I was like, no, because I remember like the whole like, the, it's got this kind of like nice little like, you know, poppy beat to it. And I was like, no, no way. And I read the lyrics. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You learn something every day. <laughs> um, no one's safe. No one's safe. So now we're getting to the trial itself. This is, this is a bit of a dense section. So I'm, I tried like, this gets way, way more in detail. This is the spark notes of it because I didn't want to like I didn't want this to be a, a three parter. Yeah. But yeah. this court case is is nuts. There's like basically um uh the we'll we'll start off and I'll explain uh something in a minute, but so it's August nineteen eighty five. Um 19 record companies agreed to put parental guidance, explicit lyrics labels on certain albums to warn customers. The Senate agreed to hold a hearing on so-called horn rock is what the Senate is calling this. Wow. Before implementing the stickers. So before they're implementing the stickers, basically musicians get, you know, representatives on the opposing side, get a chance to say, no, this is ridiculous. So they can't just do it. Yeah. So it has to be represented. Um, somewhere 19, uh, September 19th, 1985. So like, a, let's say August, you know, they are, they're going to, they're saying it's going to happen. Happens in September. Your second chance to guess for tonight. Okay. What three musicians do you think, and this is considering the eighties and they're not, they're from, let's just say they're from different genres, but it's all okay. rock. Okay. Around that. I'm trying to narrow it down a little bit because it's a pretty, pretty out there. But they're all rock, but they're all kind of different aspects of it. Pretty wide range. Okay. We had an episode about Ozzy so, Osbourne. So what three musicians represented freedom of speech, basically? So you got the PMRC and their husbands essentially on one side. And on the other side, you have these musicians. Okay. 
Who do you think the musicians are? We we had an episode about Ozzy Osbourne. Didn't mention this at all. I don't think he showed up. Why would you have someone who can barely speak it's, talk it's about speaking? 100%. I kind of agree with my brother, though, that I think it's mostly a front. But um, the thing, the, basically, it's people that you're not. We kind of get, like, with Ozzy Osbourne's, like, shtick that he kind of plays the fool, probably. Yeah. But even then, he's probably not, like, a genius. These people, you kind of think they might be smart, and then they prove that they are. Oh. Uh, so who do you think they are, considering the 80s? Um, I'm going to tell you two, but I'm going to save one towards the end. So you just got to figure out two for now. I mean, after the incidents with the murders, I would feel like someone from ACDC has got to come forward. I love help. ACDC, but I don't think they'd be as well-spoken as these three. Okay. I don't think Brian Johnson could lead us to victory. Um, <laughs> those about to proceed. No, no. I, I think he's, I think he's a smart guy, but um, we're talking uh, impressed. The, like the bench basically are like looking at the first guy who's going to talk. They just start off with just disrespect. And then he puts them to the blade. Mm. Like he, skewers them with just point after point after point like he vladly impales them huh i don't know all right so i'll tell you the two and then wild card for the last one i'll bring him up again the three music the two two of the three musicians i'll tell you about right now are d snyder from twisted sister okay uh who showed up in like a sleeveless shirt and oh that's pretty baller so that like D Snyder's music fucking sucks, but him standing up and like, you know, I didn't really get into like his side of things. Cause again, I had to cut things somewhere. So yeah. I'm not the biggest D Snyder fan, but him standing up for music the, that way and like presenting it respectfully. Cause all three of them are pretty respectful. It's not fuck you and your fucking fun. Your Karens. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's going to get them nowhere. They hit them like professionals. Like they're yeah. professionals. They like are, lawyers. They are well. Yes, they're incredible. So D Snyder's one of them. Frank Zappa puts them to the goddamn sword in his opening remarks. Wow. I have, I, I have a lot of quotes from him. I'm going to try to burn through those real quick. Yeah. Uh, Frank Zappa. I think he's the, he's the OG for this presentation. Uh, the wild card at the end's got some good ones too, but he, he's a little more the last one. To give you one more hint to think about is very, very wholesome. Uh, And I might even say he's more of a folk guy as opposed to folk rock, as opposed to progressive rock like Frank Zappa and just, you know, heavy metal, quote unquote, D Snyder. So, so this is, um, so D Snyder, Frank Zappa, our mystery guest and senators, Paul Hawkins, Al Gore, and the others testified before the Senate, com- uh, Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee um, about the subject of the content of certain sound recordings and suggestions and recordings, packages labeled, and ba- you know, blah, 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 putting warnings on things they deemed yeah, yeah. sexually explicit. And keywords that they deemed. Uh, you know, so this would be the committee that dis- the PMRC uh, and the Senate get to decide what is explicit and what is not. That is key factor here. Okay. 
Um, uh, real quick to, on their side, there's a guy named Dr. Paul King, who is a child and adolescent psychiatrist testified on the, uh, deification of heavy metal musicians, uh, stated fans of heavy metal treat it like a religion. He's actually kind of right. He also stated that many adolescents read deeply into song lyrics as opposed to what not. Yeah. This is one of the, it's one of the dumbest um, sentences to come out of a, of a person mouth. <laughs> so you just, you just like, uh, Oh, he's making mouth noises and the rhythm is good to this song. Too bad. I couldn't care less what it's about. Yeah. So sorry. Sorry uh, to Tipper out there if you ever listen to this show that uh, there is a genre of music that A, gives a shit about what they're writing down and then two, um, you know, the people that listen to it are, you know, capable enough to analyze the lyrics and pull meanings from them. Mm. It's not just a waste of time like, he liked me but I don't like him and we held hands together in the forest. (laughs) Top 100. (laughs) So Frank Zappa coming in swinging. I have that in my notes because he, ah, I love them. He argued that uh, one of the main th- tenets that Frank Zappa brought in was that he argued that this whole thing with, you know, the, the, this whole thing would tie up the courts for years, determining what is and what is not explicit. He's like, mm-hmm. for one, this is a waste of time and it will be expensive. Um, and he said it was like treating dandruff by decapitation. Wow. Yeah. That's it's like, it's overkill. Um, you know, the, the court has a hard enough time. Like we talked about earlier, Richard Ramirez, um, uh, the, the night stalker was yeah. in jail from what? 85 to 2013. Wow. Because they couldn't, because of all the appeals and bullshit, they can't, that guy was convicted of 13 murders. And he died from cancer before they could put him to the gas chamber that he was convicted of. What do you think these boring people, you know, government officials, how long do you think it's really going to take these assholes to determine these tasteless assholes to determine what is explicit and what is not like these people that decided to go into government? I can't imagine being uber creative not saying they have none in them but they're not artists they they're paper analytic right brain people yeah and these are the people that are going to be judging music it's absurd and it would take forever and i think he was right so zappa he openly compared the pmrc to a cult he made a couple analogies and he's saying you're cults you're a cult and he hit them with a conflict yeah he also hit them with a conflict of interest being that the husbands of the uh, PMRC were held the hearing and uh, not the PMRC themselves. So it's like, how is this not a conflict of interest? Like this Senate is literally put together because the wives of these people are interested, not the Senate itself. Wow. Yeah. So um, a quote. Uh, it is, uh, is this an indication? And this is him talking about how, you know, who's going to determine what is, uh, is this an indic? This is a quote from Frank Zappa. Is this an indication of the PMRC's personal taste 
or just another manifestation of a low priority of this administration is placed on education for the arts in America. Wow. So is it is like, is this fact or is this just music that you don't like? You don't want other people listening to. Damn. Uh, another one, just, just one slice. Um, these, another quote, the establishment of a rating system voluntary or otherwise opens the door to an endless parade of moral quality control programs based on things certain Christians don't like. What if, what, um, this is continuing on. What if the next bunch of Washington wives demands a large yellow J on all material written and performed by Jews in order to save helpless children from exposure from concealed Zionist doctrine? Wow. So he's saying if you let this happen, what's to stop it? And that's another thing. Like, there's like a, that, that applies to so many things in government. Yeah. It's like if you put one foot in the door, like given, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a foot kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, another quote. Record ratings are frequently compared to film ratings. And he's talking about here um, how this relates back to the artists themselves. Uh, what, what effect this is going to have on the artists. Yeah. Um, Frank Zappa again. Uh, record ratings are frequently compared to film ratings. Rec- uh, record ratings as in you know music records. Apart from the quantitative difference, there is another that is more important. People who act in films are hired to pretend. No matter how the film is rated, it won't hurt them personally. Since many musicians write and perform their own material and stand by it as their art, whether you like it or not, an imposed rating will stigmatize them as individuals. How long before composers and performers are told to wear festive little uh, PMRC armband with a scarlet letter on it? Wow. Jeez. To the blade. Uh, my favorite quote, and this is one of the, this is the one stings. I love it because this is timeless. Uh, I, I want this like printed out. Bad fact, the quote from Frank Zappa, bad facts make bad law and bad people write bad, and, uh, and sorry, bad facts make bad law and people who write bad laws are, in my opinion, more dangerous than the songwriters who celebrate sexuality. <laughs> oh. When Frank Zappa sat down, he's respect. His tone is respectful the whole time. When he sat down, he asked them to clarify somebody's point, uh, and the guy's like, "Why do you need to know?" The guy, the, you know, the guy in the the Senate was like, "Why do you need to know that?" And Zappa's like, "Well, it's important because this they will alter something in my testimony if this is the case. Like it's a conditional thing. Like it affects my testimony whether we're talking about this or we're talking about that." And he's just like, I think you just need to stick to blah, 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 blah. And he's, he's being, his tone is just disrespectful the whole time. And Frank Zappa's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just kill you this way. But he doesn't say that. But wow, like, yeah. His tone is like, well, I guess I'll just go this route. And um, there's one guy that I think is kind of like trying to be neutral about the whole thing. But uh, it's just this Southern guy that's like, you know, this uh, industry, you know, you hear that. You're like, okay, this guy is from the 30s. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, in the in the music industry, uh, we would all be inclined to something, something if uh, artists such as yourself would just clean up your act. He uses that phrase. And then he so basically when Frank Zappa takes the floor, those are just some of the highlighted quotes. Wow. Of of what he's that he's just serious. Dude, he nailed them to the wall as far as my he's, he's concise 
to the point in plain English. Yeah. Uh, what he means by things. Um, but in a wholesome way. So if, if, if uh, Frank Zappa put them to the blade, uh, this person whispered sweet nothings and maybe like, you know, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, look at the rabbits, Lenny. <laughs> You know, yeah. he he did it he did it sweet style you know it's it's they never saw it coming because he's so polite and nice about it who do you think this folk rocker super wholesome came to the aid of free speech and heavy metal he's not even on trial heavy metals in question here and this yeah. guy is just he he comes to stand up for that and free speech who do you think it is it's a big name Hello people, my name is Andres and this is the Latin Jukebox because music is a lovely universal language. My name is Andres and in my podcast we go through music, through new songs in Spanish and in English and we go through different topics about all the things that music has in common. So follow me at Rocola del Rolo in Twitter at latinjukebox underscore on Instagram and follow me, I would be really glad to meet you. Gracias, parceros. Check it out. Big name, big name folk rocker from the, uh, still around in the 80s. Blew my mind. I knew this actually. This is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this. I was like, why is this guy here? And then I found out, and it's beautiful. Not Keith Richards. Folk rock. No, no. He's rock. <laughs> yeah. Can you repeat that? That's as clear as we're going to get, Your Honor. <laughs> I have the transcription here. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know much from that era. John Denver. Huh. John Denver came up to bat for heavy metal music and free speech. And he did well. Okay. There's D Snyder, Frank Zappa and John fucking Denver. He's in there. Just so Frank Zappa is just like, I think you're all cult and uh, I don't appreciate what you're doing. You open the door to this. When is it going to stop? You know, everyone's going to get these funny little armbands and such like that. And John Denver's like, Hi, y'all. I really appreciate everyone letting, you know, giving. It's a privilege to be able to speak in front of y'all today. And I just have some things I'd like to point out to you. Sound like the neighbor from uh, The Simpsons? Not not as nerdy because, like, Flanders is like a dork. Yeah. John Denver is just like, he's, just, he's like, if a golden retriever were a person. Okay. You know, he's just, yeah. hey, everybody, how's it going? You're looking great. I'm just so happy to be here. We're talking about free speech. I just got some points I'd like to like to lay out for you all. I really appreciate you letting me be here, but you're wrong. Uh, you're, you're, you can't be more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and actually to that, I've got a, 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 a clip here. I wanted to play of uh, John Denver on the stand. Um, and he's talking about one of his major points he's bringing up. Okay. Okay. I would like to acknowledge the PMRC for bringing this issue to the attention of not only our he, he industry, even thanks them for bringing the our issue government, up. 
and our people. It is obvious that we are dealing with a real problem which warrants our concern. I would like to point out, however, that we address ourselves not to the problem, but to the symptoms. I suggest that explicit lyrics and graphic videos are not so far removed from what is seen on television every day and night, whether it be in the soap operas or on the news. That we should point our finger at the recording industry while watching the general public at a nationally televised baseball game chant in unison, the Blue Jays suck, is ludicrous. Well, guy starts clapping. The problem, Mr. Chairman, in my opinion, has to do with our willingness as parents to take responsibility for the upbringing of our children, wow. to pay attention to their interests, to respond to their needs, and to recognize that we as parents and as individuals have a greater influence on our children and on each other than anything else could possibly have. Mm. Putting it on the parents. Wise old man from ancient China. If there be righteousness, not self-righteousness, that's not part of the quote. If there be righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If there be beauty in the character, there will be harmony in the home. If there be harmony in the home, there will be order in the nation. And if there be order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. I think it's John Denver putting the heat on him because it's such a, he has, Damn. he's got other good points, but what I love in like the most friendly way, he's like, no, it's not your job to tell me how to raise my kids. It's my responsibility, our individual responsibility yeah. as parents to keep track of what your kids are watching. And that was one of the things I wrote in my notes and I was so happy Man. he said it. He said it word for word, the way I would want to put it. And it's not your job. It's my job to raise my kid. Yeah. You know, cause like, you know, that kid, unless, you know, you know, some outlier, uh, someone had to give them at this time, you know, this is movie stores and stuff like that. Blockbusters and things um, in the eighties, you know, someone had to give them the allowance money to rent the movie or the CD yeah. or yeah. buy the CD. Somebody had to drive them to the movie store, to the yeah. bookstore, to the mm -hmm. CD you know, place. And for you to say you're too busy to keep track of what your kids are interested in, you're not a good parent. It said in the nicest way, uh, it's not heavy metal's fault that you're a bad parent. That's, that's beautiful. Exactly. Just, I, I love it. So just, <laughs> so basically what you've got is you got D center presenting his points. Uh, Frank Zappa just skewering them alive because like, yeah. that is just the light. Like, Oh, it's amazing. He had even like, he kind of puts it crude, so I didn't put it in the notes, but he... He didn't say it in a nice way, but he said it in a very professional manner. Professional, cold way. Yeah. And then John Denver is just like basically standing over the body with just all these different swords in it, just looking down going, well, I'm real sorry it had to happen this way. <laughs> <laughs> While adding one more. Well, for good measure. He's like, well, I got a little room here for mine. So in his uh, in his testimony, though, he uh, he compared uh, the PMRC proposals to Nazi book burnings. It's John Denver. Wow. Uh, he expressed his belief that the censorship was ultimately counterproductive. That which is denied become this is a quote for John Denver. That which is denied becomes that which is most desired and which is hidden becomes that which is most interesting. Consequently, a great deal of time and energy is spent on trying to on trying to get what is being kept from you. Uh, 
Yeah, that makes sense. When John Danver came to uh, the speech, many thought he was going to be on the PMRC side. Really? And then he's just like, oh, no, I'm sitting with Frank Zappa. Yeah. I like him. Uh, he, uh, so he actually, you know, <laughs> so one of the reasons he's on this side is because he's a victim of this. Really? John fucking Denver is a victim of this bullshit. Not quite. Wow. Like, so not, he's not nice. He's a Satanist. Well, obviously. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, listen to it. It's like Rocky Mountain, high Colorado. That's Satan. <laughs> Like a mountain high, high Satan. Uh, so he uh, and that and that's the song. It, it's he's it's uh he said <laughs> this is another one where it's just like kind of what Frank Zappa said, but put in like a golden retrievery type filter. Like he ran Frank Zappa through a golden retriever filter. That's yeah. John Denver putting them to the blade, and it's um yeah being ripped apart by golden retrievers. <laughs> Denver stated. Uh, that uh, his song Rocky Mountain High was banned from a number of radio stations for being drug related. Denver stated that the people behind these radio stations making these rules have obviously never been to the Rocky Mountains and never considered the meaning of the words that they're banning. Mm. He's like, you have like basically his point is like the, they've never gone to the Rocky Mountains. Like any, one of the analogies he brings up is like watching this like meteor shower from the Rocky mountains. Yeah. He's like, it's beautiful. So he's like, you'd understand like, he's like, you feel closer to nature. Like you, you just, yeah. you don't get it. And like the people that ban this thing don't get it. The radio stations that ban it don't understand. He's not talking about weed. It's so much deeper than getting high is what they think. Um, and he asked the Senate, the Senate great quote, what assurance, uh, what, um, what assurance do I have? that a national panel to review my music would make a better judgment. So he's saying, wow, if the radio stations can't figure it out, what chance do you do to figure out what my songs mean? Yeah. I mean, shit, uh, anyone, but the writer, uh, well, it's like, but, but yeah. Cause it's just like, uh, there's no chance. He's like this group basically just like these Karens won't figure it out. If they can't figure out that Rocky Mountain High is not about weed, um, then they, then like, uh, well, sorry, the radio stations can't figure out that it's not about weed. There's no chance in hell these these people will either. And he's like, mm. you, the, and then these people are going to be the ones that can't tell this are going to tell everybody else what they can and cannot create. Mm. You know, the, the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Yeah. It's not about a rich baby cat. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> you tell me there's not. Are you telling me there's not a man in the moon? Not inside of it, no. Oh, at least that. Not that I know of. I haven't checked it. What about the cats in the cradle? No, no. It's a, It's all metaphors. It, not even, I know it's not in the dictionary yet, but. Do you know what a metaphor is? <laughs> even little, even little boy blue. He's he's not. He's not. Jesus, Santa. Uh, so, uh, basically, and then again to reiterate, he basically said it. Uh, in short, it's up to the parents to have self restraint and censor ourselves. Do they just think that? Like, does this group just literally think that 
artists, like musicians, aren't smart enough to write actually deep meaning lyrics to songs. No, it's not that they don't think. It's not that the artists can't write deep meanings. I mean, that's not really even in question. Like, well, not even part of that in consideration, not question, but yeah, they already don't think. Um, well, <clears throat> actually, you might be kind of right. Sorry, that was a really backward sneeze. Um, I think I actually I think you're on something there because it's like yeah, it's like you're not going to write anything that you're just going to write about sex, violence, drugs, the occult. Yeah, you're not going to um, have any uh, yeah, double yeah, right. meanings yeah. and you're not going to have any metaphors that allude to other things. It's like you're not looking deeper, any deeper beyond the surface of exactly what's being said, taking it literally. Yeah. And then uh, they're also kind of insulting the audience, too. And it's yeah. like, A, you're all deviants for listening to this. And then, two, you are uh, uh, sheepish enough to uh, be led around, you know. Yeah. This little bell telling it, you what to do. You're all on the verge of crime, and this is what's pushing you on the edge. Yeah, and it's up to us to Karens, keep that from you. To keep you from yourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah that's, yeah. The the ego of the PMRC is I hate anything it's that's wild. Like, quote unquote, for your protection. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's everything. That's everything the three of them me uh zappa and them are are arguing against it's just yeah it's not it's not your job to tell me how to live if i you know as a parent uh i mean i'm not a parent but if i were a parent i if the kid was like five i'm probably not going to let them watch like the terminator or like the predator or you know rosemary's baby you know i as much as I love eighties movies and want that. Yeah. Yeah. Would want the hypothetical child to experience a fantastic set of films. Um, I probably wouldn't do that. No, uh, because yeah. it's probably not time for their little brain to see that stuff yet because they're, they're they, because they're like a, a child. So they probably won't know the difference. Yeah. You know, I'm like, not going to let them watch the nun. No, no, I think no. that I think that's a good call. I think it's a good call to keep that, keep that, save that for like late. Save it. Save yeah, it. Yeah, teens. Teens. Yeah. Um, side note, a uh, little bit little, quick side story. So I worked at a certain theme park. I can't really name which one. Uh it wasn't one. Uh, let's just say it's one with a Halloween season. Uh, so we're out, I'm outside, uh, I was a supervisor of like the, the grounds area. Like I swept up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was a supervisor, so I did schedules on that bullshit. So I was the leader of people that swept up stuff. Um, and you know, this certain Halloween event goes to like, you know, the, the wee hours of the night. And, um, one of my jobs was to be like a break relief. Like I would do two rounds of break relief and then start shutting things down by the end of the night. You know, it's been yeah. hours by that yeah. point. Um, so in this particular rotation, I'm the guy with the clicker, you know, you know, group of six group of blah, blah, blah. And you have to space them out so that each group gets to enjoy the experience without the back of somebody right in front of them. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. a good person, a good person who's paying attention, you give, you know, you wait till like a certain point, like you measure it. it it's, there's a way to do it. But anyway, so I'm, you know, I'm out there with the, the, the clicker and I got a deputy with me cause more fights break out of these things than you believe. Pretty wow. Fun. I saw a pretty crazy one one time. 
Um, I can't say where, unfortunately, but it, it was it got pretty violent. Um, they had to get hauled off. I got zip tied and hauled off. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of security in those nights because there's so much beer and shots and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there was this lady who was going in a line and I stopped her. I was like, ma'am, I'm, I'm not sure that I can let you in. And she's like, why? Like, because you have a baby strapped to your chest. <laughs> wow. That thing, I was like, it's like, it's a baby. <laughs> but she had him in one of those like, you know, front sling things like the front baby holsters. Yeah. But it's not even one from the back. It's like on her stomach and the baby's like facing forward. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know that I can let you go in, ma'am. And she's like, why can't you? Ma'am, there's, do you understand that there's, there's like murder hobos actors in that? Like they're, the, the themes you're, like you're carrying an infant. I mean, aside the fact that there's like screams and, and fake blood and stuff like there, there's the theme is like murder hobos Yeah, <laughs> in that scary house. I'm not sure that, I mean, you might get a kick out of it. I got a kick out of it the 10 times I've been through it, but uh, Tim Burton there is not going to have such a good time. <laughs> Yeah, baby Huey's not gonna have such a good time going through that because uh, he's gonna have ob- the object permanence isn't gonna shake up, and every two seconds he's gonna see another murder hobo. Yeah, I'm not sure I can let you in, and she's like, well, I didn't say anything about the rules about that. And I just turned to look at the deputy, and the deputy is just like, I got nothing, man. I'm so sorry, I can't stop her. Really? Like, she's like, technically, there's there's nothing wrong with it because it's not a ride. There's no height restrictions. There should be an age limit. There's not. Wow. There's not. There's. I mean, you can't buy beer, but there's nothing to stop her from bringing a baby inside. And she just, she walked in like she won. I was the villain. Wow. She just, ain't nothing in the rules. Just walk right past me. And I'm just like, oh my God. I looked at the deputy and I was like, we either have the next Tim Burton or another serial killer coming out of that haunted house. Yeah. And she's like, and she's like, God be with us. That kid's got to be like, they got to be like eight now. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Crazy. I mean, I just, I, it's sad trying to picture what the rest of life with that woman is like. If that's, if that's one year old. laissez-faire attitude that she has. That's, that's year one. What's the rest of it? That baby wasn't one years old. That baby was out of the oven not that like months ago. <laughs> the brain, the skull's still soft. Finally popped it out so I can go. <laughs> oh, thank God. You finally go to the theme park. Mama needs a mimosa. And a, I don't know, a syringe shot. Um, <laughs> dude, I can only imagine like, the scares coming out because I mean, there's just fucking people. Yeah interesting people but they're people all the same like jumping out going huh, that's a baby like they would be more scared <laughs> like yeah ah, oh shit is the baby okay but yeah dude that's the end of the tangent but it, it felt right that'd be you. funny if you could i don't uh don't think they all have like any ear pieces that you can talk to all of them from the front but like the at the text do some of the t- some of the texts yeah in some of the areas because like There'll be a bunch of scares and then there'll be a, a, a tech, uh, you know, kind of a supervisor kind of like checking things, like making people, you know, they're doing their jobs and stuff, but also making sure that things are like running properly and people are doing 
all the safety stuff. Yeah. Um, and they have an in ear, so they 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 there's like throughout the house they'll be like, okay, we got this, we got this. This person needs to go. Just yeah. really give a lot of time before that lady, and a while afterwards, let her go through None by the herself. Stairs come out, and no, they just instead of going boo, they just go, "You're a terrible mom." <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit my drink everywhere. Have Your you child's gonna be scarred for life. Have you considered adoptions? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you need a bigger meat shield. <laughs> oh god! I I'll pay for a babysitter. Oh my god! I almost spit my drink out. <laughs> uh, baby would be safe in the back of a taxi. Uh. So now we're going to get into the results of this trial. So November 1st, so month, basically, you know, this is a three month process. <laughs> oh yeah. The trial. Oh yeah. This, <laughs> Forgetting where we're at. That poor baby. Okay. Uh, November 1st, 1985, the RIAA, the recording industry association of America agreed to put parental advisory labels on selected releases at their own discretion. So basically it was left up to the record labels to do so, but of course they all fucking did it. Yeah. Because, you know, they're all scared. Which is why it's not technically, like, it's not mandated that you have to. If, like, you're, if you sign yourself and you have explicit language in your songs, you don't have to put that warning on it. Yeah, why would you? Well, actually, we're going to find out there's a reason why. Because well, at the time, there was a reason why. Not so much anymore, because I, I want to get into that discussion towards the end. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we will talk about that a little bit. So... The labels were generic and the, um, you know, the, the, basically that's that black and white sticker that's in the bottom corner of all, yeah. you know, ruining great album art, basically. Yeah. Uh, many record stores refused to sell albums containing the label. Uh, Walmart was a big one. Uh, and that limited the sales of these albums uh, to adults. Man. So, so it's kind of like, yeah, it does, get back to Frank Zappa's point. Like this does hurt the artist individually. Like, he had a, it was a fantastic point. Like, you know, um, at least back in the day when art, when actors weren't necessarily political advocates at the same time, like I really, it's crazy with how many movies, uh, that they don't talk about like, Oh, the plot to this is insane. You won't see the twist coming. Yeah. It's about, it's got this and that. And so happy. We're finally, it's like, can you talk about the movie? I want to know about the movie. And then, like, they kind of make asses of themselves sometimes because it's 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 very ham-fisted. Like, they're talking about real things, um, like real issues uh, some people are having, but they're doing it in such a ham-fisted way that nobody cares because it's like stop talking about it because you're you're like they they've made it annoying, but it's it it really sucks for the people that are really going through some of these things. Yeah, I feel for them because they've got the worst representatives possible, and they're all these crazy ego. Uh, egoist actors, a lot of them. Wow. Anthony Hopkins is great though. In an interview there, I think somebody asked him like a political question. He's like, why are you asking me? I'm an actor. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh yeah, that's the appropriate response. Yeah. So, uh, so how the music industry responded to the satanic panic and what was deemed the tipper sticker. Um, a lot of people don't think that the tipper sticker was effective at all at preventing children from being exposed to explicit content. 
uh, it actually gave it the forbidden fruit effect. Yeah. Uh, a great quote that puts all this in perspective for me is uh, Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, said that for the most part, the sticker might even sell more records in some areas. All you've got to do is tell somebody that it's a no-no, then that's what they want to go see. Yeah. Uh, John Denver pointed that out. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. Would literally happen. what he said. Uh, notable snippets of audio from the hearing were found, found their way into Frank Zappa's audio collage, Porn Wars, which was released on the Frank Zappa meets the mothers of prevention album. Wow. He sampled it. <laughs> uh, so the effectiveness of the parental advisory label has been frequently called into question. Uh, John Whiterhorn from MTV News suggested that artists benefited from the label and noted that younger customers interested in explicit content could more easily find it because it was fucking labeled. Yeah, exactly. Like, I need to find something filthy. Ah, yes, wasp, animal, fucking something or another. Fuck like an animal. Yeah. There it is. Right here. It's like, man, I'm, I was really look. I was really thinking about getting into Satanism recently, and I just didn't know where to get my muse and my inspiration for all of my satanic acts until I found that there's a sticker that basically just tells you who to listen to. Thank you, Tipper. You saved me so much time. <laughs> I was going through tons of genres of Christian rock bands. <laughs> Creed. Switchfoot. Skillet. Oh, over and over and over. Oh, is this what they have to take me? Oh, yeah. Is that all they have to offer? <laughs> and lo, there's a whole shelf. Just, I look, I don't even read the label. Just see the right-hand corner? Parental advisory? That's the filth I need. I just grab, just take my arm across the whole rack, scoop it into my Walmart buggy. And I'll tell you what, six feet does seem pretty far down when you go think about it. I've got turned on to so many new artists just just digging through that pile of CDs I bought. They I just, should put all the explicits in one aisle. Just make it real easy. We'll call it Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> That's and when it was still Spencer's gifts. Yeah, and then uh, Spencer's Light. We'll just call it Hot Topic. <laughs> That's Sponsored by Hollister. Ooh. Ooh. Pretty when, sure that's who bought Hot Topic. I'm pretty wrong. <laughs> right. When surfers are a little moody. <laughs> uh, writer Andy Thomas said that a young customer could, would get a copy of an album sooner or later from a friend or another lethargic store, uh, album store clerk. And yeah, totally. Because he just, I mean, basically what, what Tipper wanted was, you know, to have you know, the, in this perfect system is that like, uh, Everybody would be like, oh, you can't buy that because you're not uh, you're not old enough. But I mean, yeah. like, you go to some places where it's just like, oh, uh, is that the new uh, Merciful Fate album? What are you, six? Yeah, it's 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does it actually. So the the law technically, well, not even law. Record labels make you put that explicit warning on there. It depends on the record label can choose yes. to or to not. But it, if you're in that record label, you like if they decide to have it on there, you have it on there. Yeah. So but if like there's... if you were sponsored by like, uh, Sony, you know, yeah, and Sony was like, yeah, we want it. You're just gonna it, that that bullshit. 
it, you know, when I feel bad for the album artists, like the the actual like album art artists. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you have it on your wallet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I need that picture for uh, socials. And, and boom, you'll see that picture online. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I feel bad for like. I mean, some people like made it the highlight of their album artwork. Yeah, they made it even bigger uh, to to really to really you know put the finger to them, but. Uh, yeah, it just really sucks as a person who's designed some album covers and stuff. Like you put a lot of time into symmetry, if that's your thing, you know, the design of it. And then you have to work around this black and white eyesore in the right hand corner of all this real estate that's supposed to be for your design. Yeah. Like um, I haven't seen a lot of Mastodon album covers with that on it, but like all their album artwork is really, really good. Except for the Hunter. I don't really like the Hunters, but like, all the other, all the illustrated ones, really, really good. And for a, a millimeter to be taken up by some Karen's bullshit bothers me mm. just on the visual part, you know? But that's the thing. It's, it's based on the record labels. Opinion is where that, the root of that rule stems. But yeah, basically. There's, there's no law saying you have to be over 18 to buy it. Right. Well, it, it become, I think that comes down to the record label putting that. So it would be in the perfect world, the Karens deciding what is explicit or not explicit. Then it's up to the record labels to decide if they want to do that. Let's say they do like Sony, maybe I think they did, but I don't know if Sony did or not, but let's yeah. just, let's just yeah. run with the example, hypothetical yeah. Sony. And, um, then I think, yeah, you know, they put that on there and then it becomes down to the store, whether or not they're going to buy that stock of CD to stock their stores with. Yeah. So it then it down, it comes down to the record store owner going, I don't want that because it's got that on it. So mm. it, it's not, uh, they're being forced to do anything, but it comes down to optics basically. Yeah. But I mean, still the store that does stock those CDs and records, uh, well, they can have a store, like they can have a, a policy in the store that's like, you cannot sell that to someone that's over 18. Mm. I mean, they, this, I mean, the store, like, t- like, um, I mean, until you physically pay for the item, uh, they still own that item. The store does. Yeah, that's true. So like, until like you buy it from them, they can decide if they're going to give it to you or not. But there's no technical law that was made to do that. It's just, it's literally up to the store's discretion. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be voluntary. Huh? It's just a lot of people being really pretty lame and bowing to the whim of a bunch of really, really sad and boring people. Like, my life's miserable, so is yours. I'm going to make yours sad, too. Yeah. I bet you, even nowadays, if, like, some Karen, like, found her kid, came home with, like, a explicit CD and tried to come at the store, I wonder if you if they'd have a lawsuit on the because it's not illegal to sell a kid. It probably, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it was like cigarettes or something, that'd yeah. be a bit different, but it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that would even make it, that wouldn't make it to court. Like, cause they wouldn't have a, um, they wouldn't have, and there's no fine or anything. They wouldn't have a, a case to stand on. So I don't think it would get anywhere. Mm. It would just be kind of like, no, Hell yeah. yeah. that might not even make it past the, like the police desk, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's just like, you got nothing unless the person who uh, got mad about it is married. 
one hundred fucking percent just so happens to be married to the police chief and it's like no then we do have something and the police chief is like oh my god again oh oh what if they were murdered with the cd um kind of bringing this you know bringing that full circle back to uh the satanism thing uh the satanism connection to metal music acdc actually had some comments about being connected oh. to the night stalker and it's not as spicy as i was hoping it was going to be but it stated that uh angus young stated that uh they're not that kind of band quote if you're really interested in the devil you go off and do that it's an art in itself it's as far away from what we are as anything yeah basically what he's saying is like you really got to put effort into being a hardcore satanist and he's like you know to like promote that image and what they're saying satanism is um because like we said earlier like people that follow like levee satanism or like the organized church version of it are just kind of like rubbing their scalps right now because and no those scalps don't have horns on them you know they're just rubbing <laughs> their scalps right now because just the mud they're being drugged through for having an alternate belief you know, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. So Satanism and what they're calling Satanism are two different things. Kind of like the Illuminati. Oh yeah. 100%. What the people think the Illuminati is like this conception of it is not what it actually is. Yeah. You know, like what if, you can easily find and sign up for on Google may not be the real Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> be careful about those seminars. You may be, you may be being, when you have to fly Vegas on your own dime, put it yourself in a board and pay for the conference. That may not be the real. It may not be the real Illuminati. They at least have a continental breakfast, but you will be enlightened to something <laughs> that you're probably fucking stupid. <laughs> Whew, man, that's a great episode. Check out the Taylor Swift Illuminati episode. It's yeah. One Check of my out. favorites. It's Check one, it one of my favorites. So, um, how basically uh so acdc they're caught up in two fucking murders they're not caught up but they're they're quote unquote tied to two different murders and this this the emergence of satanic panic and um this news station is still trying to keep them like you know 2020 mm-hmm. is like still trying to you know uh keep the edge on them and stuff they're like we went to uh an acdc concert and the fans were actually pretty tame <laughs> he literally says those words and like we we were expecting something else basically and they interviewed people and they're like yeah they're just like a really good rock band like i'm not into satan they're just a good rock (laughs) (laughs) one guy's just like i don't i don't really see what people are up about they're just it's just a good band i like them it's not the most like eloquently spoken people but it's just like average people just like Literally, you know, like how like some like people like windmilling and like hardcore dancing in some concerts. Yeah. This one guy literally just two hands above his head. Ooh. <laughs> like with about that much energy. That because that's just how he enjoys the show. He's just he's got a hat with a white hat with horns on it with ACDC on it. And he's just like, Yeah, I love Angus. <laughs> it's pretty great. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. I think that came later, I think. Oh yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a nineties album, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. Plot twist. None of those were real ACDC fans. They're all put there. By they're all, they're all, they're all <laughs> plants. Um, so uh, 
<laughs> I love, I love how the reporter was almost disappointed that they didn't find like people ripping the heads off of like goats and rabbits and shit like that. So um, there was a show that they were supposed to play. I forget exactly where, um, but there was a show they were supposed to play and the outside community was so like pissed at ACDC because of all the connections and shit. Quote unquote connections yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking that they're this like satanic band that the uh, this outside for, you know, the group of people came together and they pressured the promoter to tell them to tame their showdown. And wow. then and thus the promoter was like telling ACDC, like, this is what's going to happen. So they canceled the show. Oh, ACDC is just like, well, fuck you then. If we can't be ACDC, and this isn't a quote, it was just basically what yeah. they said was paraphrasing was if we can't be a, if we can't put on an ACDC show, then there is no show. Like yeah. that's, that's an ACDC Makes show. Like, um, Malcolm Young put it pretty straightforward. Uh, that uh, quote, Ang- Angus Young, uh, you'll be told what you can and cannot do. And that's not what this country's about. Yeah. By the way, he's Australian. Oh, he's an, basically an Australian's telling, reminding this reporter what America stands for. And I, I love him for it. He's just like, I'm, you know, I don't like people canceling shows for like you know, kind of bullshit reasons. Yeah. You know, like there's, you know, if, if being sick and then like, you know, hurting yourself or something where you can't play, that's, that's different. Yeah. Like if you're sick, like especially throat stuff, like, and you need to sing, you're asking for a bad time. Uh, it's it's just better to like reschedule the show. I have a lot of respect for that, like, um, knowing your limits and stuff, and like, you need to put on a good show. Like, um, but uh, there is a point where like, if you don't think you're gonna be able to just like, you, the the thought process shouldn't be I can do it just enough to wing it. Like, if you don't think yeah. if the, if you're not gonna give the people what they paid for, and nowadays the insane amounts of money. Uh, that they're charging for tickets for some of these people. Oh yeah, I heard there's a Bruce Springsteen ticket that's four digits. Yeah, and his upcoming tour. Right. I don't know the exact number because I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong. On, I know it's four digits. That's bullshit. I mean, there's there's a. I was gonna get tickets to My Chemical Romance. Was playing on oh, what Vegas? No, uh, Mid Florida Credit Union Amphitheater here in in Tampa. Oh really? Uh, they're playing the day after my birthday on September 24th. Write that down, people. Uh, yeah, four digits. Four digits. Like, yeah. Or just like good seats or regular seats? That's for really good seats. But oh. still high three digits for regular seats. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, there's, I'm sorry. No, there's nobody I would pay four digits for. Like, yeah. I, as it could be like Peter Gabriel's last performance. I'm not paying four digits to see him. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think I would pay that much to go up there and play with him. Well, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Not just to watch like everybody else. Yeah. No, no. If I got, yeah, no, that easy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is the only circumstance, but even then like you're kind of working, you're paying to work. And it's it's kind of what we do now as musicians. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so uh, I love the fact that uh, Angus Young, like, but in this case where it's just like, you've got the community outside that's trying to tell them what to do. Like they're not trying to uh, some fucking show, like a, a venue owner is going to tell you how mm-hmm. you're going to put on your show. Yeah. Outside of like the agreed upon, like, okay, you, you asked us to be here or you agreed 
for us to be here. We're ACDC. We put on ACDC shows. You knew that when you agreed to have us and we like rented this venue. So it's like, yeah, um, you're not going to tell us what an ACDC show looks like beyond that. So uh, I, I kind of, I respect ACD. I, like I said, I don't like people canceling yeah. shows. I fucking respect that. Yeah. That's respectable. Yeah. Uh, it was just a bad time to be ACDC that in that set of years. And um, the other guitarist, his brother, Malcolm Young, uh, said that uh, he thought their connection to uh, Ramirez was a joke at first. Like when someone was like, oh, yeah, no, there's like they people think you're a Satanist because you're connected to the Night Stalker. And he's like, eh, nah, stop. No, wow. no, seriously. Yeah. And he thought it was a joke. He didn't realize this was like dead serious. Like he said, I, I can't I can't believe it. Um, Jeez. I think just um, there's a, a great quote that kind of summarizes kind of like getting to the, the end of this section or the, the end of part two here. Um, Kyrian Fisher from uh, heavy metal uh, heavy blog is heavy.com had a really great uh, quote for this is a little bit of a longer one. Okay. Quote that kind of summarizes quite a bit of this. Uh, quote, there will always be controversy associated with entertainment, but at least nowadays society is a bit more understanding for the most part. Excessive violence has become the lifeblood of some television's most popular contemporary programming. Video games are becoming more gruesome and graphic, uh, uh, gruesome as graphics evolve, and horror films have broken every taboo in the in uh, to the book in the book to the point where every few. Uh, every few bat an eyelid like it's mm. I, I think it, it's because it like yeah people have kind of there will always be something uh some kind of scapegoat but at least nowadays we have kind of an understanding of you know uh one we talked about mental health yeah in the last episode uh that is definitely more like understood now maybe you know people are considering a few things now yeah. Rather than just kind of jumping the gun on like, oh, maybe he's just needs more water. He just needs more water and sleep. <laughs> um, and uh, I think uh, one of the John Denver was almost pr- uh, pr- uh, pr- he couldn't have predicted it better. Like it just kind of happened naturally. Like things were just going to evolve into what they are nowadays. And what they were trying to do was uh, preventing the inevitable. He's like, yeah the best way to counteract that is like, is to have self-restraint. Like you're not going to stop. Essentially you're just not going to stop a river from coming towards you. The best thing you can do is like, you know, choose to like, you know, kind of choose how you flow with it. Basically. Like, yeah. Are you going to go against the current with the current? Are you going to get in the river at all? Like it's up to you to, uh, to kind of, I want to, I don't want to say police yourself, but, no, it's right for you and yours, but you can't tell other people uh, outside of you and yours yeah, what no. to do, especially the government telling you that. So um, kind of another thing, too, like uh, I was talking to Dakota a little bit about this, kind of just, just bringing this to a close. The songs are talking about, at, um, you know, the, the Filthy 15. They're, I mean, they're pretty risque. For the time, they're very risque. But things have gotten to like a cartoonish point now. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Little Nas X. I think it's... 
ranchero or there's a song where he like literally like gives the devil a lap dance in his music oh video. yeah yeah and he has like these like devil shoes because he's totally leaning into like the hate factor whether he, he's like a you know, believer or not in that in that culture uh yeah. the counterculture uh he's definitely leaning into people coming at him like that's all that's for yeah like the shoes have like a little bit of his blood in them um uh they have like inverted crosses on them and stuff like that and they're these like you know, collector's edition shoes there's only so many made um i even hate saying the name like wop Nicki minaj yeah like, dude seriously like we're gonna regulate like um people are looking at uh like heavy metal as this like some people in one breath will condemn like uh thank you ghost he's now some people will condemn heavy metal for like you know it's it being violent and you know exploring anger and things like that but then they'll just like they're like kids will hear what like they'll hear like wop like tiktok they'll have think nothing yeah yeah and that i think that comes back to not paying attention to what your kids are listening to uh but also just kind of like the uh being kind of unfair like it's yeah i mean one none of those in the in the 15 filthy 15 actually like were songs about satan uh venom and merciful fate were about the occult okay most of them weren't about <laughs> weren't about satan 13 out of the 15 but yeah we're not I about mean, satan <laughs> come on that's those are good odds not even not even black sabbath was talking about satan in that list yeah the, that song wasn't. That song wasn't. Yeah. Uh, they probably later leaned into that a little bit and uh, then wrote some songs. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. And I mean, that's why I really like, like nowadays, I really like bands that in the in the metal genre actually have good messages behind them. Like, there's some Gojira songs that are actually very like uplifting if you just read the lyrics the way they say it, it's very heavy and very just oh, oh yeah. i love me in the face so many like so many people i know and there's I've, I've heard it from even some family members too like like oh that's, that sounds like the cookie monster i can't understand what he's saying it's like are you, are you listening to what he's saying like the message is it's very potent like it's it's just that is the way they chose to sing it because either they they like that tone like the the screaming style of invokes that kind of emotion exactly or they just like the tone yeah um yeah i thought you were gonna bring up gojira and on that um what what song um let's go with gojira okay um what song of gojira would you have loved to watch one of these karens listen to Oh, and like just they have to listen to the whole song, right? And you just get to sit there and just watch their facial expression. Mm. Like you're you're basically like reviewing the song with them. Either Art of Dying or Vacuity. Ooh, I was gonna say Vacuity. <laughs> um, better love. Well, I'm. That's assuming that just like all the other songs that they didn't actually listen to any of the lyrics and 
it's just based off of the vocal tonality, especially towards the end of vacuity. Oh, oh, we're would getting... really throw them through a loop. Yeah, no, they're not going to take it. They're not going to listen to any of like the innovative. Yeah. Um, is that no? I'm thinking of sight to behold is the one I would want them to mm. the the one where he's doing like the cool tapping part. Okay, he's got the robot voice uh, yeah. talking about polluting the earth. This song's about polluting the earth. Yeah, they have a song <laughs> called Global Warming. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's it's sad, but it's so true that uh, uh, Gojira is called vegan metal. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gojira. I love him so much, but it's so true. It's so good. Oh my god! Um, yeah. Song flying whales. Like I don't honestly, I don't understand the metaphor, but I really like the song. Uh, <laughs> kind of an alternate song, a uh, completely different, uh, but yeah, going to your point, like they would, if Gojir wasn't on the radio, a, they'd have no idea who the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause some of these, like the bands they've listed, there's like, there's like, they, they listed merciful fate, which caught me off guard, which I was like, Oh wow. Um, but they don't know. Like they, there's so many bands like uh, uh Slayer, for example, like yeah, merciful fates up there with the lyrics, but like Slayer or like, I don't know if Cannibal Corpse was out at this point. Like, oh my god, there's so many bands they obviously don't know about, and this just this just goes to show they're just at the surface level of what they deemed is the problem. Yeah, like like they, you, they didn't listen to Bodies by Drowning Pool. They weren't listening to not, Raining that Blood. Was, that wasn't. Yeah, right. but I mean, like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> if they could hear those songs, yeah, just wait now. To, just wait because they didn't list Iron Maiden, and Iron Maiden has a song called "The Number of the Beast." Yeah. And then uh, I kind of a side note too, like some of the songs that they would, uh, that, you know, definitely misinterpreted lyrics. Um, they got on the Motley Crue's shout at the devil quite hard and specifically for the title track. Oh my gosh. Um, and th- there's, there's a lot to that story, but basically it kind of ends with Nikki six going, I think it was Vince Neil, like, like held the record up in a press conference. And he's like, it's shout at the devil. <laughs> Not with the devil, shout at the devil. <laughs> and he's like, This, and he points to the pentagram because I believe the, the album cover is black with the pentagram on it. Yeah. He's like, This is a sign of protection. If you stand in the circle, evil can't get you. Like, you don't, <laughs> that, uh, that's something I wanted to bring up is that the, they also, the pentagram is yeah. misused yeah. all the fucking time. And it's not even satanic, it's Wiccan. And yeah. pagan, yeah, like, uh, Wiccan pagan. I believe it's more. I believe Wiccan is more accurate, but it is. It's certainly not. Um, say, say, like satanic groups use it. I, I don't know yeah. if they're drawing inspiration from, but they didn't. Nobody. They don't have it originally. Like that is an old, old symbol, and it yeah. represents different elements. And it's about protection. It's a protection from like evil spirits and spells yeah. and stuff. So uh, I just love that, uh, uh, that misconception too. Like if you like walked around with a pentagram, it's like, you're a Satanist. And it's like, no, I'm protecting myself from evil magic. Dumbass. Yeah. And that's the thing I like. I love the TV show Lucifer. And uh, oh, just wait to the later seasons though. dude. You're, I don't know if your opinion is going to change. <laughs> I tried to watch it. I could not watch the but last season. There was one episode where he was like, I don't understand where all of the, comparing me to a goat came from like i didn't start that well, the actor's know. great well, yeah. he is great um dude when they brought in like how far are you into the show uh season two okay 
I'm just going to say they bring in like the, the soap opera, like uh, I'm just going to say evil relative with the goatee and the eye patch. Not exactly that, but they go to like soap opera levels of I'm like, dude, really? Yeah. Really? You couldn't have a, you couldn't have got another actor to do that. And B you went this route. Cause it's interesting where they're going, but how they get there, they just take a great setup and then just, spike it into the trash yeah not to dwell too much time on it but there was a whole uh issue of them being bought and sold by different companies well they moved to netflix and they got to do more stuff yeah um because they were quite limited on like what it was like fox something Mm -hmm. like that so them coming to netflix should have given them more room so that didn't that didn't stop them Mm -hmm. they actually got more seasons it's just it just got got so bad i i I watched that show all the time. I love the Freak of the Week episodes, but it got bad. It got so bad. Stupid. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> Ugh. Sorry. It's connected to Constantine, so I was really excited for it. Yeah. Nah, I love the concept, but it was it was bad. And lo- and actually, Lucifer's supposed to look like David Bowie. Huh. Uh, in the in the Constantine comics, he because uh, he's a spinoff character from the Sandman series. Uh. He's he's designed after uh, David Bowie. Hmm. Fun fact for you. So, um, any last closing thoughts on this? Like, the, like bringing our Satanism series to an end. Well, I'm sorry, Satanists. Sorry they get lumped into <laughs> all this sorry, crap. Sorry for all the shit. I mean, we're not. I'm just sorry you got you had to put up with all that. I mean, I I feel for you, but I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like opening an oven and then like them just taking the brunt force of the heat, but you're like standing behind them as a metal fan. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're like, dude, the oven's hot, you know, pull them away from man. It sucks. I feel, I mean, I feel bad. It's just an alternate belief, man. I can't believe that. I mean, can, can one crazy lunatic Satanist wear like a Luke Bryant t-shirt or something? (laughs) Luke Bryant. I mean, come on. Just like, could you imagine? Oh my God. Could you imagine this group of like, uh, just imagine super conservative people. Uh, Just like a guy who looks like he like rolled out of hot topic, but you know, the trip pants, you know, you know, the, the, uh, you know, long sleeve, like leather gloves or something, you know, the chains, uh, you know, black black vans and then just like pentagram tattoos and just a fucking luke brian shirt he's like yeah <laughs> painted on jeans and the good stuff yeah i love this song <laughs> it, it would be something like I mean, um, come on like an adele shirt like i can't compete and actually probably a lot of metalheads like adele because <laughs> they like good music it's not no, just, i'm talking about satanists oh, okay it's like and not even regular satanists like radical satanists yeah okay uh, you know, conservative Satanists. I heard rolling in the deep, and I just, I heard, I heard deep, and it made me think. <laughs> made me get out my stabbing knife. I got, I got a steak knife, and I got my staking knife, and I got my stabbing. Knife. <laughs> you know, I said hello too to my first victim. Hello, it's Satan. <laughs> it's me, your local Satan. <laughs> Hello, it's me. 
have had it all. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's one in the morning. Until next time. Well, I'm going to take a four hour nap and go to work. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. This has been a little delirious towards the end. This has been, this has been a lot of talking about the Satanism for like three hours. So uh, thank you, everybody, though. Uh, this is a fascinating topic to go over, and I really appreciate everybody listening, uh, especially if you're new to the show. Um, if you've checked out both episodes, you know, if you, if you come back again after listening to the other ones, thank you so much for giving us your time. And, um, you know, if you liked it, if you could, uh, check us out on, uh, the rest of our stuff on Spotify or all your, you know, Apple podcasts, uh, leave us a rating and review It really, really help us out. Um, I want to thank, uh, you guys for listening again. Thank you, Joe a part of this especially sticking it out with me so late and thank you ty bringing me all these great stories about satan and where to find him sweet dreams buddy sweet dreams. Where, where to look for satan in your local music shop <laughs> you know where to find it just look for that little label right in between dolly parton and garth brooks <laughs> the thunder rolls <laughs> tell us what you think over on uh, twitter at phantom jukebox underscore at Facebook at Phantom Jukebox or at Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast and TikTok, which is at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Yes. Um, so we also on Spotify, uh, we have the uh, Jukebox Jams playlist, which include an episode. So it includes the episode and then a playlist that that episode inspired or has music that is directly related to it. Mm. Uh, we should have Kate Bush out now, Ozzy Osbourne, and Elvis at the very least for your listening pleasure. Excuse me. Uh, a couple quick shout outs. Uh, Fuck My Work Life, uh, which is a podcast uh, where J and K share your entertaining stories from the workplace. Find them at FMWL Pod on Twitter. And then Reddit on Wiki, uh, where they chat about research, to- wait, chat about a research topic from Wikipedia. And then on Friday, they scroll through Reddit in search of the biggest assholes on the platform. Mm. And that is Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T on Wiki. That's all on Twitter. And check out from um, check out what I had heard was a uh, fun show. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Again, thank you, Joe. Oh, man. And then uh, I want to thank a audio wizard, Kenny Grooms, for his incredible work on our theme song. Yes, most definitely. And then uh, our sorceress of social media and producer, uh, Dakota Galvin, on all the super hard work uh, she put in this episode. Like We're we're talking 26 pages of notes uh, me and her put together. And it was over, I think it was like 30. And then we cut down stuff. So it took two episodes to get yeah. to chew through yeah. this and uh i i'm I, i'm satiated I'm, I'm, i love the amount of information i've come across but i think i need to take a break from all the satan yeah yeah <laughs> got a full yeah. chock full of satan right now you know satanism is best in spurts you know it's not you don't want to take all of the satanist D- dabble do you yeah <laughs> really uh <laughs> Yeah, but to have Lighten the you. touch of uh, how much Satan just, you put in your life at once. 
Just a touch of Satan. That's actually a movie. Is the the touch <laughs> of the touch of Satan? A touch of Satan. It's riff tracks. Check it out. Um. So yeah, that's it from us. Uh, thank you everyone for checking us out, and uh, until next time.